Well, this morning we're going to continue exploring what it looks like to be on mission with Jesus. Our passage taken from Matthew 10 is part of a sermon that Jesus preached to his disciples before sending them out. Matthew tells us just before this sermon in chapter 9, verse 35, how Jesus had been traveling through the towns and villages of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and then healing every disease and sickness. Crowds of people flocked to Jesus, and when Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion is a Latin word, come means with and passio means suffer. Compassion is to suffer with. Jesus suffers with us. And because he suffers with us, he reaches out to us. When Jesus looks out at the world today, he doesn't look with eyes of judgment. He sees that humanity is suffering and in trouble, harassed and helpless. A better translation would be mangled and cast down. The image is of sheep that have been hurt and they're having trouble walking. Do you know anyone like that? Jesus sees how humanity is suffering and in trouble. He feels alongside what we're feeling and he, he responds in two ways according to our passage and this this sermon that he's preached. First, he prays. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus understands his mission to rescue humanity from sin and evil and death and to bring us into this kingdom of life and love and life he sees it as a harvest. Jesus calls his father the Lord of the harvest. The father is gathering people who will accept what Jesus has done and go on believing him. The father is overseeing the whole project. And the father is the one who recruits and sends out workers to help in this great work. Jesus' motivation for this mission is compassion, and his strategy is prayer. Mission is born out of prayer. We see this in, in the book of Acts. Leading up to the day of Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit, the first disciples joined together constantly in prayer. When the early church experienced a wave of persecution, they raised their voices together in prayer, and after they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Prior to Paul's first missionary journey, his team were praying and fasting, and they heard the Holy Spirit say, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Mission is born out of prayer. One theologian put it like this, churches that pray grow. Where there is little prayer, there is little mission. It's God's mission. God has an agenda and a plan. 
he knows what he's doing and how people will respond to the gospel, we get to participate in God's mission only as we pray. After Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he calls them to himself. He gives them authority to drive out evil spirits and heal the sick. And then he instructs them on what to do. Today, Jesus is calling us as a local parish into a unique mission as individuals and as a corporate body downtown. We are in a very unique situation and place. But the same principles that applied to the first disciples apply to us. So this morning, I want to focus on just one of those principles that emerge from our passage that will really help us understand what we're doing and how to do it. The principle is this. When we follow Jesus, there will be trouble. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. You will be arrested, flogged. On account of me, you will be brought before governors and kings. Brother will betray brother and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and put them to death. All people will hate you because of me. Jesus is telling us that if we accept the call to follow him, we will experience trouble. When Jesus started his public ministry, he experienced trouble. He was misunderstood. Some of his disciples found his teaching too difficult and they walked away. The religious leaders eventually arrest him and accuse him of blasphemy for claiming to be the son of God and they pressured Pontius Pilate into having Jesus crucified. Jesus experienced trouble and before he sends out his disciples, he tells them that they too would experience trouble because of him. He says something similar in John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The word trouble that's used in the Bible is, is this interesting Greek word that's kind of hard to pronounce. It's called thlipsis. Say it with me. Thlipsis. You got to get the th. Thlipsis. It, it means crushing pressure. Thlipsis is the word used to describe what happens when two tectonic plates rub together underneath the earth's surface, creating the earthquake. Jesus knew the disciples were going to experience intense pressure to abandon the mission, which is why he warned them. He goes on to explain this spiritual dynamic of what is happening in the parable of the sower in, in Matthew chapter 13. He says, the one who receives the seed on rocky soil is the one who hears the word of God, receives it with joy, but when trouble, thlipsis, or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Jesus doesn't want us to fall away. Thlipsis is inevitable. Why? Because of the presence of Jesus. He is the light of the world. And when he begins to shine in the darkness, the darkness has two options. One is to acknowledge what the light reveals and be willing to remain in the light. The other is to hide from the light and to try to turn the light off. Sometimes we experience flipsis because of the bad choices that we make. If we consciously sin, 
We will feel the weight of guilt and shame in God's presence. At other times, we experience phlipsis because of the good choices that we make. Phlipsis is the pressure we experience when the kingdom of God pushes up against all the other kingdoms that are in rebellion against God that we experience today. Phlipsis is the pressure we experience when idols are being unmasked. Phlipsis is the pressure we experience when human pride is confronted with the call to repentance. Phlipsis is the presence, the, the pressure we experience when we come up against truth claims and ideologies that conflict with the truth that's been revealed in Jesus Christ. When we are intentional in following Jesus, we will experience phlipsis. The question is, what good can come from this? What good can come from the experience of phlipsis? I can think of four things. First, the experience of phlipsis cultivates our character. I wish there was another way, but it seems like this has always been God's way of pruning and shaping and forming his people. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, we read it last week, Paul writes, we rejoice in our phlipsis, because we know that phlipsis produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Phlipsis is God's way of transforming us. It was, the, it, was, it was the way the father transformed his son. We read about it in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience from his experience of phlipsis. And once made mature, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who would obey him. Thlipsis was the way the father matured his son, and Thlipsis is the way that God the father is maturing us. Second, the experience of Thlipsis cultivates compassion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our flipsis, so that we can comfort those in flipsis with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Quite often, God will use our brokenness and our wounds as conduits through which to connect with others and bring healing into their lives. Henry Nouwen, in his book entitled Compassion, writes this, Compassion asks us to go where it hurts, to enter into the places of pain, to share in brokenness, fear, confusion, and anguish. Compassion challenges us to cry out with those in misery, to mourn with those who are lonely, to weep with those in tears. Compassion requires us to be weak with the weak, vulnerable with the vulnerable, and powerless with the powerless. Compassion means full immersion in the condition of being human. God is cultivating us to be a people who enter into dark, difficult, dangerous places and to shine his light into those spaces. Third, the experience of Thlipsis cultivates communion. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul writes, We do not want you to be uninformed, 
brothers and sisters, about the thlipsis we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, our hearts, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead, experiencing great pressure far beyond our ability to endure is God's way of drawing us to himself. Again, I wish there was a different way. We learn not to rely on ourselves when we experience thlipsis. We learn not to rely on other people. I mean, we need other people, but we can't always rely on them. And we learn not to rely on our resources, but on God alone. And fourth, the experience of thlipsis means that the kingdom of God has come, it is coming, and it will someday be fully actualized in our reality. Verse 23 in our Matthew 10 passage, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through all the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Jesus is promising his disciples that he will come before the mission is complete. Jesus is speaking to his first disciples about their immediate missionary context. But then he starts almost prophetically speaking about the future. He refers to himself as the Son of Man. And we know that this Son of Man character comes from a passage in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, where Jesus is identifying himself with this, this kingly character who's been given all authority in heaven and on earth to rule over all people. He tells his disciples that he will return before the mission is complete to help them accomplish the mission. And he, ke he kept his word. He came to them in his resurrection. He came to dwell in their hearts on the day of Pentecost. He comes to us today. Every time we call upon his name, he rescues us from sin and evil and death, and he reminds us of who he is in us and who we are in him. And he will come again at the end of the age to fully usher in the reign and rule of God and to restore the goodness of creation by making all things new. Friends, Jesus is our good shepherd. He sees the pressure we're under. He feels alongside us. And in response to the suffering of humanity, he calls us to pray, asking God the Father, the Lord of the harvest, to raise up workers who will step out and follow his lead. When we follow Jesus, we will experience thlipsis in a variety of different ways. Any experience that puts pressure on you to give up trusting Jesus is thlipsis. But God the Father uses the pressure to cultivate our character. He's forming us to be a people who are compassionate like him. He uses the pressure to draw us close to himself. And every time we call upon the name of Jesus Christ, he comes to our rescue so that we would endure and carry on the mission of preaching the good news of the kingdom, overcoming evil with good, and laboring towards healing and wholeness 
and the establishment of shalom in all the earth, that all would come to worship the living God. We all have a part to play in this mission. We are all in this together, and Jesus is with us, giving us whatever it is that we need as we need it. Let's take a moment this morning and be still before him. Jesus is here with us, and in and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, he sees and knows our experience of flipsis. What do you need from Jesus this morning to help you withstand the pressure that you're under? Is there something that you need to let go of? Is there someone you sense the Lord calling you to reach out to? Is there a practice you can do that will help you draw close to Jesus and abide in him? Lord Jesus, we need your help in staying connected to you. For it is only in your presence and by your power working in us that we find strength to overcome the pressure we're under and to continue to participate in your mission. We ask for your help. And we ask it in your holy name. Amen.